Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes alike. I am the West Virginia woman, Robin Holstein of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a good night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. I've been keeping house since I was 17 years old, balancing the budget and paying the bills as an army wife on the salary of a PFC stationed at Fort Hood, Texas, and as a single mother of two back home in West Virginia. Things have changed a lot since then, but I haven't forgotten what it was like. This podcast looks at society and cultural issues affecting families in West Virginia and in the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go round the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Welcome, welcome. This is episode 13 of Holstein House Podcast, premiering on the Fountain Network. If you found me on Fountain, I hope you'll boost and clip and share all your with all your friends and followers. And if you find some value in what I share with you today, I hope you'll give value in return. So, <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to share with you is on some food banks. Now my church took um, donations for the local food banks for Thanksgiving and we're going to do it again for Christmas. And um, because I'm filling in while we're without a pastor full-time, I did some research on what the local food banks need and guess what? They need more than canned corn and canned green beans. So if you think about it, uh, people who need to go to the food banks need things that will help them feed their family, duh. They need the same types of things that you and I need, but they need it in a shelf-stable manner because, you know, perishable food's just going to be thrown out. So as you consider, and I know this is a time when everybody and their brother's pestering you. You've got the bell ringers for the Salvation Army, whom I love. I have um, rang the bells for the Salvation Army in the past, and um, I try to donate. I try to grab, I keep change in my car, so I try to grab some change all the time, because I don't generally carry cash these days, so, but I, I try to carry change in my car, and I try to always take some change in when I go where they're ringing. Um, you know, we get these things in the mail all the time with notepads and address labels asking you to donate. And we put the churches asking, we've got the schools asking, we've got, you know, uh, groups asking for things for kids, Toys for Tots, and different organizations doing all the same kind of thing. But, you know, I still consider food banks. And when you consider, you know, buying a few things to donate to the food banks. Consider things that you might not normally think of. Canned meats like tuna, chicken, and even Spam are some things that they can use. Because, I mean, come on, those are some of the, can, or meat is some of the most expensive stuff that, that people are, you know, having to pay for nowadays. When you look at just the the cheapo, nasty, high-fat ground beef is, is $3 a pound. 
you know, people who barely make $5 an hour, you know, I guess it's minimum wage is a little higher than that, but you get the idea. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So canned meats uh, are always welcome. Powdered milk. You know, you can buy a box of powdered milk that has this, like, four or five sleeves in it and let the food banks decide whether to split those sleeves up or not. Canned evaporated milk. You know, you don't think about that. Evaporated milk, you mix it about half and half with water and, and the canned milk, and it reconstitutes. Yeah, it's, you don't want to drink it over, you know, a glass of ice <laughs> or, or really mix it up with Nestle's Quick. But you could you cook with it. It's fine over cereal. It's tolerable in in coffee. I mean, you know, it's shelf stable milk. It really is. Pasta, peanut butter, rice, and you can even get you know those little. Um, they're more expensive, but the single serving packages of that stuff. And then the, again, the food bank can break those containers up and put you know two or three in in a box for a family. Instant potatoes, you know, uh, a box of them, or you can even get the little envelopes of them, which is like one meal's worth of instant potatoes. And you can get them in generic or store brands. doesn't have to be the high dollar ones. Um, nuts are some, I would be careful with nuts because there's just so many people with allergies to, to nuts these days. Whether they really are or not, you just don't know canned stews and soup you know you can get that um is it subi canned chicken and dumplings i mean you know you don't want to live off it all the time but if you're hungry and you're trying to feed your family and you have to go to the food bank that stuff keeps for a while cereals and crackers herbs and spices do you ever think of donating even the really cheap plastic containers of, of spices salt, pepper, and boxed meals like the hamburger and tuna helpers. I mean, come on. These are not expensive things. So, um, give a little more thought to your donation items for the food banks. For, for Thanksgiving, I went through and um, I thought, okay, I'm going to pick out enough stuff to make six meals. So like for six families. So I picked up six cans of tuna, six boxes of tuna helper, six cans of fruit, six one pound bags of rice, six packs of, of uh, gravy mix and some other stuff. And you know, that way the food banks can mix and match it. And you know, if you've got tuna helper and some fruit, you know, a couple and some canned vegetables like everybody gives. You know, you got you, you have given a family a meal instead of just parts of one. And you've helped the food bank arrange things a little better, too, because they're not having to figure out what to do with 75 cans of green beans and two cans of Spam. So anyway, it's the right thing to do. Just just think it through. I mean, you don't really, you don't have to spend a lot of money. The food banks are fine with whatever you can donate but just kind of think it through and don't just go grabbing the stuff out of your own pantry shelves that's about to expire that's just wrong it's wrong because you wouldn't want somebody doing you that way
You know, they're not supposed to be uh, the waste can. Especially with the holidays, for heaven's sakes. Man up, or woman up, whatever. And just, just do something decent for them, okay? Alright, so I had my surgery. I'm sure it could have been worse. I ended up with a very large patch over my entire eye. And I had to wear it, I was supposed to wear it for 24 hours. I didn't make 24 hours, I made it closer to 16 or 18 um, I have four stitches. They are the dissolvable kind, so technically I don't have to have them out. Um, it took the surgeon two rounds of cuts, so they loaded me up with the um, lidocaine or whatever it is they use to numb you up with before this stuff, and um, you know, draped me so that you know when I kept my eye closed because it was so close to my eye anyway I didn't want to look at him while he was doing that um, and so he took you know I, it was more than just one slice the first time he took several slices the first time and went away and came back about you know, close to an hour 45 minutes to an hour <clears throat> and said and well the nurse did she came back in she said well we didn't get it all he'll be back in a few minutes I'm gonna load you up with some more lidocaine or novocaine or whatever the cane it was and that's I sat there for a few minutes after they did that and he come back in and he took several more cuts and I guess it's kind of a little honestly it kind of looks like a vegetable peeler only except it's a little tiny thing like almost um, almost like a razor blade it's just this weird shaped thing but anyway so he sliced some more of it off and she put a patch over it, temporary patch over it, and they sent it off to the lab. And then it came back, he'd gotten it all that time. And then I had to wait, seemed like forever, to get stitched up. And then um, she come back through and numbed me up some more, which it was still numb, but I'm, I'm fine with that. I'd rather it be numb than not. And, um, and then he stitched it up, and then she bandaged it up, and told me, you know, keep my head elevated, put some ice on it, 15 minutes for every hour, and um, Tylenol for pain, and buddy, I'm going to tell you what, when it started hurting, it really started hurting, and that Tylenol wasn't that big of a help, but that's all I had, but I, um, it really, I don't know why, it really made me feel bad, I mean, I didn't have any kind of general anesthesia or anything to, to make me feel bad, but I, I really didn't feel good, we stopped and ate, after it was over, it was still fairly early in the day, but I started getting a headache and I wanted to go home. So I come home and uh, I just I just went upstairs and laid, well, I got a little um, ice pack and I went upstairs and laid down and I stayed in bed most of the day and I dozed off and on and um, it would start hurting and I got up and took some more Tylenol and then went and laid back down and that messed me up because I was awake all night. But, uh, it could have been worse. It could have been much worse. But um, so then this morning um, I got up and it felt like I had part of a tape from the bandage in my, in the corner of my eye, and it just kept aggravating me. And I um, I decided I'd had enough. So about eight o'clock was short of it was well maybe or it may have been six. I think it was six. I'm pretty sure it was six because by eight I was letting the birds out. I don't, yeah, it was six o'clock. 
Um, I had gotten up and come downstairs anyway. I went through and I took the bandage off real easy. And it wasn't the um, the tape that, that they had used to hold the uh, band bandaging on. It was actually, and you know, if you've got a weak stomach, take a pause now. It was actually um, blood that had dried in the corner of my eye. Not just, not a lot, but just enough to cause my eyelashes to stick together. And so when I was trying to open my eye behind that bandage, it was pulling on my eyelashes and I felt like it was a piece of tape. But, um, so I took a Q-tip and some uh, Vaseline and just very gently eased that off of my eyelashes and, and cleaned it up a little bit. And, uh, and I went in the living room and fixed some coffee and I participated in a Zoom meeting for Airbnb that uh, I hadn't been on in ages, so I didn't uh, I didn't have the uh, the video or audio on. I just messaged back and forth. I told them I uh, had stuff to do, which actually I was sitting there just sitting there, but I was in my pajamas and I wasn't going to turn the video on. Didn't feel like talking to them. So I do have. Um, Uh, I do have another surgery next week on the place on my shoulder, which it'll probably be sore, but it won't be a big deal. I'm not worried about it either. But I am going to have a little bit of a weirdness. The um, the skin at the corner of my eye, at the nose, is kind of kind of puckered a little bit. Um, it's not really bad. It's not really obvious, but and especially if I have my glasses on, people aren't going to notice it. So I'm not that worried about it, but I know it's there. And when you know it's there, it, it can bother you sometimes. So next Tuesday will be my shoulder, and it shouldn't, like I said, it shouldn't be as big a deal. It'll probably be more sore because of where it's located. It was really sore when the dermatologist did the biopsy on it because it's in a crease, and it just, it just is a terrible spot, but it'll, it'll be all right. I want to ask, do you, now it's the holiday season, and for those of us who celebrate Christmas, I would like to know, do you have an artificial tree or do you get a live tree or do you alternate or do some form of both? I generally use an artificial tree. Um, and it, it, there's a couple reasons. Over the long run, they're cheaper. You know, you're reusing them. They don't die. They don't drop needles all over the place. I don't have to get rid of them every year. But I do really like a live tree. Um, but the, I've had a couple of live trees over the years, and I just can't keep enough water in them. They just really suck up the water, and then eventually the needles fall off, and then they're all over the place. But I like the idea of a, a short needled um, tree, a real one. And then you know, all of the last several years, you almost cannot find a tree that's not pre-lit. And every pre-lit tree I've had in the past 20 years has had at least part of the light strings crap out after the second year. So you can't just change them out. 
and they're clipped on the branches in a way that makes it a just a nightmare. One year I took a pair of a little little small pair of needle nose pliers and I pulled all the clips off and pulled all the lights off to keep using the tree. But it took forever and my hands were so sore it was crazy. But now the one I've got now, which at the time was a very expensive tree and has four sections to it and you plug in the bottom section and then each of the other sections um, the way they fit down in there completes the circuits so that they automatically light. You don't have to plug in each section. But I could only use three of the sections because my ceilings weren't tall enough for the fourth one. Um, but, you know, parts of those sections are out. And so I just end up stringing lights on it. It You won't, you don't notice it when they're on. You'd have to get up on the tree and really peer at it to, to notice that it has all of these insane lights on it. But it's the, the structure of the tree itself is still good. It's just the lights that are crap. And it just drives me crazy. I can't I can't find a tree that doesn't have lights already on it. And I would much rather not do that. Exactly for the reason I'm talking about. Because when they go out they're they're clipped in there so hard. And when the um, and when the strands go out or you have some that that, uh, that don't work, you're just screwed over, man. Now there's uh, a few tree farms in West Virginia. A lot of the the um, grocery stores like Kroger and Piggly Wiggly and Walmart, uh, not so much Walmart. I don't think Walmart does it. At least not ours. And I don't think out Southridge. But Lowe's and in our, our capital market, which is our farmer's market, they all have um, live trees. And the... Um, the capital market will have mostly local or West Virginia tree farm trees. Lowe's and Kroger's and Piggly Wiggly, they have, they have them shipped in from somewhere. But there are several tree farms in West Virginia. There's one not far from me, one in Griffithsville. It's called the Wilkeson Christmas Tree Farm. Um, I, don't, I don't know of any closer to that, than that. Um, I hope to get my <laughs> hope to get my autumn and Thanksgiving decoration down in the next couple of days, and I get my Christmas ones up before Saturday is finished. It just wears me out sometimes. Things work against me, and and it's like around around Christmas things just do not go the way I planned, and they haven't for. I don't know how many years, but I'll, uh, I've got, I, I do like my tree. I love my decorations that I have on my tree. I've pieced them together over the years. I still have a lot of decorations from my very first tree when I was 17 and living in Texas that we bought um, at a store called TGNY. And um, it, they were just cheap Chinese things. And at the time, the Victorian style was all the rage. and. Some of them that I have still are um, just little cheapy uh, polyester um, umbrellas and, and boots and just Victorian style things. And I still have some with the, that the kids made when they were young. And um, I put those on some that were made at the school when the kids were young. And I put some of those on. But then mostly... Um, 
I went through here well, right after we moved here in the house about six years ago, six or seven years now. And um, I didn't, I, I bought new ones, but I bought them all after the season. So I bought them all on clearance and, and redid a, a, my tree and the decorations for my tree. And um, they're in blue and silver and I really like them. So then I have a second tree. I never thought I would have a second tree, but I have a second tree that I put in the dining room. And that's where I put the, um, the um, older um, decorations, the ones from when the kids were young, the ones from my first tree, the ones that I've collected over the years and things that kind of don't match the fancy one in the living room. So I am going to have to pick up um, some pine swags, you know, the, how they tie pieces of pine trees together and make those big swags. I like to put a few of them at the front gate. I don't put too many like maybe three three strands each on each side of the gate and then a um a wreath on the gate itself just some for for guests to look cute i, I love the holidays I, I like the decorating and stuff oh my gosh Do you, have you guys in the united states seen the stupid medicare commercial where they talk about martha medicare martha Honestly, it's a Medicare Advantage commercial with this character named Martha. Her hair is white and cut short. She wears these oversized Urkel-type glasses, and she's just hateful and annoying. It is the most condescending and ridiculous commercial I have seen in forever. It's like an exaggerated Karen and it's just, it's sickening. And it drives me crazy every time it comes on. I don't want to have to call. I've already called once. I shouldn't have to call you. Just, it just is stupid. And it makes me mad that they would put together something like that to target senior citizens and think that they're going to fall for that stupid character. I hope they don't. I hope, that, I hope that's the one commercial that doesn't work. So that whenever it comes on, they don't get any bumps in their calls so that they can tie the time of that commercial and know that it's working. No, I hope it flops. I wish they'd take it off. But I'm not, I'm not on Medicare. I'm not old enough yet. Surprise, I'm not old enough yet. Well, I've got the apple cider vinegar workshop scheduled for Thursday. Won't be a big seller, there'll be a couple of people, but it's the first real effort I've tried, so I'm not really disappointed. It takes a while to build that stuff up. And um, it takes a while to convince people that, you know, if you can make it yourself, not only is it cheaper, but it's healthier. It's healthier. And it tastes better. I'm not a big fan of store-bought apple cider vinegar anyway. And <laughs> mine is really tart. I mean, it is really, really vinegar. But compared to the store-bought stuff, it has a better flavor. It really does. My B&B calendar is kind of choppy right now. My skin cancer removal appointments, appointments with dad for his appointments. <laughs> He's, 
Dad's, let's see, I've got the shoulder one next week. Dad's got one for his back, the back of his shoulder the following week. I have to take my sister for her, her stress tests um, just to drop her off because she can't walk from the parking building. Um, and then Dad and I have a general practitioner checkup appointments. It's just a nightmare to try to host anybody during this time of the year. And actually, it's it's been a challenge for a little while, but it, it comes and goes. Every so often, we'll have several weeks where it's just one thing after another. And then we'll have long stretches of time where it's, it's easy and quiet. My son and his girlfriend will be coming in for Christmas, so I'll block a few days off for that, too. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create some kind of a, a special to help uh, draw in guests. I can't offer alcohol because I don't have a license to serve it. And, um, you know, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't anyway unless it was like at brunch, a brunch thing. But I don't do brunch unless there's a at least a two-night stay because checkout is at nine. And I need every bit of nine to three to go through the room, get the room turned, get the laundry done, get my regular stuff done. So um, it's it. I just don't I don't do brunch. Uh, like I said, unless I have um, somebody staying more than one night. Um, there's some special West Virginia made items that I, I will probably pick up and offer. There's a company in Parkersburg that makes chocolate, and there's a coffee roaster in St. Albans. And I can pick up that coffee and hand grind it and make, um, you know, uh, hand ground fresh coffee, fresh roasted coffee and breads and stuff. Unfortunately, if I offer them through Airbnb proper, like if you book the room through Airbnb, then I have to give Airbnb part of the cut. And... I can't use the Airbnb private message uh, to offer it because they actually have um, authority as part of the program to review messages. And if something came up and they're reviewing those messages and see that I'm offering stuff through that that way, then they're they can they can kick me out of uh, Airbnb. It kind of it's kind of Well, a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't want to fool with it, but it's it is a protection so that if uh, if you rent the room and there's some confusion, where let's just for the conversation say, um, I list that there's a television in the room, so you come in and you get in the room and you're there and. Um, for whatever reason you don't like the television, let's say it's not big enough or it's black and white and not in color. And so you complain and want a refund because the television isn't what you expected. Well, in our conversation back and forth, I can say I did, have never said that it's a color television or it's a large television. and that if you are dissatisfied, you would need to complain through Airbnb that I'm not going to refund your money. So then let's say you contact Airbnb and say, look, 
the room wasn't what was ex what was promised. The television was black and white. It was a small television. I want my money back. And she won't give me your money back. And so Airbnb reaches out to me and says, you know, what's going on here? And I say, well, you know, it's very clear in our messages. You know, I shared that this is not, you know, what was promised. The description is very clear of what kind of television it is. And uh, when this person asked me, when the guest asked about getting refunded, I said no. So then they would go and they would check the conversation back and forth to see if what we're saying to each other is true. And anytime you take messages off the Airbnb site, then Airbnb can refuse to um, support you. Let's say I came back and said, well, um, the guest texted my telephone, said they were fine with the TV, but they texted me through the Airbnb app and said they weren't. So what's going to happen is anything that happens off the Airbnb platform is irrelevant. And that's kind of a simplistic um, example. I mean, it can get, it, it can even get down to security issues where perhaps I'm saying in the, um, in the message you, you said that it was one individual staying and you're here with two and you're refusing to show me your ID and you are being told now to leave. I'm documenting that. So if you don't leave and I have to call the cops and then I have to tell Airbnb and, um, you know, then they see this, they ding you as a guest, boot you off the platform, give me my, let me keep my money or give me my money back. Um, or even if you tore up the place and I send pictures and say, look, you tore this up before you left and you owe me a hundred bucks and you say, nah, -uh. well, Airbnb can go back into that um, discussion and, and see, you know, that I have been telling you all along, you know, you tore it up and you said, nah, -uh, whatever, they can see it. And I mean, it just helps the host to keep everything documented through the messenger but then it comes back to bite you when you want to do something like offer uh, let's say uh, you opt to stay three nights and I say through the message well because you did that for five extra dollars you can have, um, I don't know, champagne with breakfast. <laughs> it's just an example, y'all. Well, then Airbnb is going to want their share of $5. You just, you just have to do everything through them. Now, I do have my own site. I do direct bookings. I can do whatever I want with direct bookings. So if you direct book with me, I can change the price to anything I want. You don't, we're not paying a cut to the machine. And if I want to sell you a case of uh, Dom Perignon for two bucks, I can do that. Or if I want to send you, if I want to sell you a bottle of Barefoot Chardonnay for five hundred dollars, I can do that too. <laughs> so, but uh, so I, you know, it's hard, and it's so it makes it hard to 
um, offer specials through Airbnb because they want their cut. But I can offer specials through my website. I think I told you before, I'm kind of switching gears here again. The chickens are down to only a couple eggs a day. Um, so we're not having any luck there. I did look at a site, a couple sites, and I'm tempted to order some ducklings. I just don't know if I'm ready to do that or not. I love them. I love them. I love them. But, uh, you know, they take, they take a lot of responsibility, and there's nobody around here to take care of them when I need to be out of town. So if I wanted to go to an event, I wouldn't have anybody to take care of them, so I can't go which makes it hard to participate in some of the um, some of the self-reliance programs and groups and things because I don't have anybody to tend to recruiters. The dogs I could bring with me, the cat, well the cats I could set up to take care of themselves for a few days, the dogs I could bring with me or um, put, board them with our vet, but the chickens and the ducks and stuff I couldn't do anything with them. Episode 13 of the Hosting House Podcast. Episode 13 premiering on Fountain Network. I know it's totally out of tune. If there even was one. Uh, if you found me on Fountain, I hope you'll boost and click and share with all your friends and followers. If I bring you value, I hope you'll give value in return. Now, on with the show. So somebody please, please, please make my pants stop. I had the unfortunate experience to be forced to watch Pence on the Midday Fox News program today. I used to like that show back when it was new. Now it's nothing but a bunch of schoolgirls giggling over some not-so-funny blather bubbling out of the mouth of some guy in the middle. Honestly, it makes me ill. The women are all the same shade of bottle blonde with only a couple of brunettes uh, for token's sake. They wear the same dresses, only in different colors. They cross their legs at the knee the same way and sport the same stilettos. Again, only in different colors. It's it's like all it's all very Stepford Wives. It really is very Stepford Wives. The men, on the other hand, are in smart looking suits and ties, trendy loafers, sharp dressed men style accessories. And they talk, they, they speak not like starstruck schoolgirls, but like hard-hitting, educated reporters, calloused and well-worn. I mean, some of the, some of the female um, reporterettes out in the field, they're not quite as bad. I mean, they're wearing, you know, slacks and they're wearing... Um, jackets and you know they're dressed appropriately for being out in the field but these girls in the studio they it just and it has almost all along it really has almost all along because the men there there is the men show about as much skin between their hands or face or neck and everything as the women have fabric in their dresses sometimes. It's just stupid. Put some clothes on those girls. 
why does it have to be, you know, why, why do you have to, why does it have to be their size two? Why does it have to be their, um, um, well, bottle blonde? Why does it have to be, uh, you know, that all their curves are accentuated? They, they're not accentuating anything on the men except their awesome suits. Button-up shirts, neckties. I mean, there's there just is such a stark difference. The women are eye candy, and the men are journalists. I know I'm not supposed to say that because I'm a woman. Yes, I am a woman, a natural woman, born that way. Didn't take no alterations, and actually. If somebody x-rayed my hips, they could tell. Because you can have surgery to have parts put on or taken off, but are you going to have your hips altered? You haven't got that far yet, or your chromosomes. But anyway, so Mike uh, Pence was on there today at noon, and oh my god, he's milk toast. He's, he, he, the words he speaks are pablin, they're weak, they're soft. He's on a book tour, and every other word was about his book title. I mean, it reminded me of the political consultant Dick Morris, the way Pence kept repeating, my book, so help me God. You know, Dick Morris was a master at that. I mean, he every other sentence was my website, blah, 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 dickmorris.com or whatever, and my book, this, that, or the other, constantly promoted that stuff and old Mike Pence buddy I wasn't fond of him to begin with all I'm gonna say at this point now is to the opposition party that it doesn't have to be Trump but it better not be Pence or you can kiss it all goodbye okie dokie let's see Well, um, I was talking about the B&B a little bit ago. I, we do, I have several dates open for December uh, of 2022, in case somebody by some strange happening is listening to this sometime in not December 2022. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to go and pick up um, some Hall's chocolate, which are the chocolates that are made in Vienna, West Virginia. Hall Swiss Chocolates is a second-generation family. Um, they're committed to providing an authentic Swiss chocolate experience right here from West Virginia. Their chocolates are handcrafted in small batches by a handful of classically trained chocolatiers using only the freshest, highest quality ingredients they can source. And I think I will also pick up some freshly ground Coal River coffee Coal River Coffee is roasted in St. Albans, West Virginia. They're a husband and wife team. Mike and Rachel's passion is to serve the best and freshest roast coffee from around the world to everyone who walks in their doors. They have a desire not only to roast the best coffee, but also to brew community. And I think that'll be a really nice touch uh, of added value to for my guests. Uh, some locally sourced chocolates and some locally sourced coffee. And for those who, who do like coffee, I would have the um, 
uh, the roasted beans and I would grind them fresh for each pot of coffee. Or they could use the curry. I have those disposable curry things that you can put your own grind. Well, not disposable curry, curry things. The cup things where you can put your own coffee in there and make your own curry cup. But I don't think that would be the same, so maybe I'll just stick with the roasted fresh hand ground brewed coffee. Alright, I mentioned at the start of the Christian calendar last time, oh, let me reword that, I mentioned the start. I'm trying to do too many things at once. I mentioned the start of the Christian calendar um, last time. We were together and I noted that it started with the Advent season. Well, Euphrosinus has noted to me that the Orthodox liturgical calendar begins the year with the birth of Mary and ends with the repose of Mary. I found that rather fascinating. I freely admit to knowing zero regarding the Orthodox Christian Church. And I'm curious Euphrosinos, whether you are Greek Orthodox, Eastern, or Eastern Orthodox, or Gnostic, or none, or is there another one that I'm missing? Because I, I am curious about other forms of Christianity. I do, I do find that what little I know about most of them make seem to make it rather complicated. The act of, of being a Christian, they make it. There's so many things you need to do when Christ was such a very basic man. I, I suppose it wouldn't hurt me to study a little more. Uh, I have a book around here somewhere. I got it for my son when he was in trouble. And I sent him a book. I'm going to be on my shelf for it. I don't see it right now. On the religions of the earth, or maybe it's the religions of the world. I can picture it in my mind's eye. It's an oversized paperback. And oh, I don't see it right on. I need to look that up, but like I need something else to do really right now. Um, I need to look for that and maybe redo it. It's a uh, it's a cup. There's the one that I had in college. But I don't think that's the one. I know it's not. That's not the one I'm thinking of. I think I'm not making my changes in here. I really won't have time to figure this out either. Frostinus' comment made me think about this book. This one was mine from college. I can tell by the way it's highlighted in places. Oh, wow, yeah. I don't even have that domain name anymore. So, I'll, um, I might flip through this. 
again, but I, I have to get uh, I have to get ready for Sunday again. Yeah, this is I have totally forgotten about this. I'll stack it over here with the other seventy-five books I haven't read, <laughs> except I've read through that one for class. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know more about uh, which branch of Orthodox you study or you practice. It is a fascination to me. And so, um, I'm going to start winding this down. You know, a reminder, you know, if you're, if you're traveling through or to West Virginia, honestly, um, and you're traveling along the turnpike, can consider looking up Holstein House and, uh, either, uh, at Holstein House at RobinHolstein.com or on Airbnb. Um, if you decide to book, mention that you heard of it here on the podcast and, you know, we'll try to do you a little good there. Add some value to your stay. Uh, homemade cookies. If I'm going to offer chocolates and, and coffee, and then that's already part of the deal, but we can come up with something else. Hey, a moon pie and an RC? Would you be interested in a moon pie and an RC? If you want to pay with Bitcoin, you might be able to get you a little discount. And so before I wrap up, episode 13 I want to say thank you to HJ for 476 sats. Yeah! <laughs> HJ was apologizing for being a little behind. He was just catching up on the last couple of episodes and don't worry about it. It's all good. And you Frosinos, 4750 sats. Thank you. And the comment on uh, on the liturgical year, I do appreciate that. It piqued my interest in in uh, how that works. <laughs> how do you how do you go back and start from the birth of Mary? Because would that not make Mary's mother? special. Or no, I'm just kind of thinking out loud. It's not a slam on anybody's religion. Just kind of thinking out loud. So thank you again. Uh, we premiered on the Fountain Network. If you found me on Fountain, I hope you will boost and clip and share with all your friends and followers. If I bring you value, I hope you will give me value in return. And until we talk to you again, take care. Bye-bye. So, there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.